Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Musculoskeletal Minute, presented by Basics of Ortho, where it's just the basics. We aim to boost your musculoskeletal knowledge and build your confidence in caring for common orthopedic conditions. I'm your host, Jason Coggins. In today's episode number three podcast, we will be covering the basics of the anterior cruciate ligament of the knee, or ACL. This will include the anatomy, function, injury, common presentation, treatment, and a short personal testimony of mine. I trust that you will find this segment valuable. So let's get started with the anatomy of the anterior cruciate ligament, or the ACL. So the ACL is one of the two cruciform ligaments, uh, cruciform meaning cross in Latin, and these two ligaments cross each other. Uh, The anterior, of course, is uh, anterior to the posterior. Um, They lie within the interchondrular notch of the femur, uh, and the anterior cruciate ligament runs from posterior lateral on the inner aspect of that intercondylar notch on the lateral from a condyle, and it runs anterior medial and attaches to the uh, tibial spine, the anterior portion of the tibial spine, just medial uh, to midline on the uh, tibia. So it has two bundles. Um, I'm not going to get too much into that because, uh, again, I try to stick to the basics. Uh, if you're going to be working in surgery or orthopedics, you may need to know a little bit more about uh, the two bundles of the ACL. Um, but for the sake of uh, this basic anatomy lesson, we don't need to know too much about that. Um, so that's a bit about the anatomy of the ACL. So again, it uh, is in the intercondylar notch. It runs posterior lateral to anterior medial. So if you imagine uh, wearing a pair of jeans and you stick your hands in your pockets, that is the uh, plane or the, uh, the direction that the ACL runs. So moving on to function. So what is the function of the anterior cruciate ligament? Well, it serves a couple of uh, purposes. Uh, the first being it prevents anterolateral tibial translation. So it keeps the tibia from moving uh, forward and just slightly to uh, the side or lateral. And the secondary uh, function of the ACL, it has rotational stability properties. Uh, So again, it uh, prevents the tibia from moving too far forward, uh, specifically too far forward lateral, uh, as well as rotation. So the ACL is a frequently injured uh, ligament, uh, particularly in sporting activities. Uh, It is usually a non-contact injury, uh, meaning that uh, usually it happens when there's uh, no contact. Uh, The person doesn't get hit from the side um, or anything. Uh, The typical mechanism for an anterior cruciate ligament injury is a sudden stop or a sudden change in direction. And what happens with that sudden stop is that the, the foot is typically planted and the tibia wants to keep going forward, and uh, it, it does so um, with enough force that it uh, causes a failure of that anterior cruciate ligament. So what does a person that has an anterior cruciate ligament uh, injury present like? Well, uh, as I alluded to earlier, most commonly it occurs in athletics, um, in the uh, non-sporting uh, population. It can happen in the recreational skier. Um, it's another, another frequent uh, population. But, uh, the person that has an ACL tear 
uh, will usually have a mechanism that fits for it. So again, non-contact, sudden stop or change in direction. And when it happens, uh, there's usually a pop felt in the knee. Some people uh, can say they actually hear it happen. Uh, but this isn't something that has to be present 100% of the time, but it is very frequently. So the knee pops, it gives way. Um, most of the time, uh, the person's not able to get back up and proceed with whatever activity they were participating in. Very rarely it can happen, though. Um, but uh, there's a pop, there's pain, there's difficulty with weight-bearing and ambulation. And not soon, or not too long thereafter, uh, a fusion usually develops. Depending on the person, it can be quite large. And that effusion is actually hemarthrosis because the ACL is vascular. And when you break those blood vessels, the, the knee capsule fills up with blood. Now, occasionally you've got someone that uh, the, the onset isn't as dramatic. Or maybe they saw someone that didn't catch that they had an ACL tear and they were treating them uh, for another injury conservatively. So if a person has an ACL tear... Um, yeah, it hurts when it happens, uh, but not too long after, uh, as long as there's no associated injuries, uh, the pain and the effusion will settle down, and sometimes that person thinks they're well and can get back out and uh, participate in activities. Uh, the unfortunate thing is if they do so, uh, then they can have instability where the knee actually shifts whenever they try to uh, perform an activity where uh, an ACL is required. So if they're participating in something that they have to stop suddenly or change directions, um, that knee will give way. Um, and the downside to that is you can uh, create other injuries that weren't there to start with, uh, with each uh, instability episode. So you have a patient that has the history uh, for this. Uh, they have uh, physical exam findings of uh, effusions. What are some other things that they may present with? Uh, well, when that ACL fails, the tibia uh, does sublux anterior laterally and uh, will pop back in into alignment. When that happens, uh, the person can develop a, a, a lateral uh, tibia uh, contra coup injury or um, uh, create a, a bone bruise. So they may have pain laterally uh, to palpation. Um, special tests. Uh, the, the gold standard uh, is the Lachman, um, where you, you stabilize the femur with one hand and the other hand uh, on the tibial plateau. Um, pulls forward trying to shift that anterior or that uh, tibia anteriorly uh, and the knee is flexed at 20 to 30 degrees while doing so. Again that's the gold standard. Uh, two other uh, special tests for the ACL are the anterior drawer um, where the patient is supine, uh, the knee is flexed to 90 degrees, the foot is stabilized with either a knee or um, sitting on it and uh, the tibia is uh, pulled forward, uh, and uh, the examiner's looking uh, to see how much translation there is. And then the final test is the pivot shift, which I'm not going to get too much into uh, because this requires the patient to be absolutely 100% uh, relaxed to get a reliable exam. 
so the best place to do this uh, is in the OR before you're doing an ACL reconstruction. All right, so I'm not going to delve too much into this, but uh, associated injuries. I mentioned the contra-coup uh, bone bruise on the lateral tibia, but it's not too terribly uncommon to have associated injuries to the MCL uh, and the medial meniscus. And when those three things, the MCL sprain, medial meniscus tear, and the ACL occur in conjunction, that uh, historically has been called the terrible triad. Uh, but it really doesn't happen as often as uh, previously uh, described. So moving on, so we've got our mechanism of injury. We've got physical exam findings consistent with LCL or, uh, forgive me, the uh, ACL injury. Uh, so what are imaging tests going to be? Well, in the clinic, we're going to start out with plain old x-rays, um, in most cases, uh, x-rays will be negative, but uh, in, in a few small cases, you may have a uh, Sagan sign or a Sagan fracture, uh, which is just a small little avulsion off the uh, uh, lateral tibial condyle, um, and this can be indicative of an ACL injury with the theory being that uh, if the anterior translation of uh, the tibia was sufficient enough to cause an avulsion fracture, then failure of the anterior cruciate ligament has to occur. So uh, if you see a small avulsion off the lateral tibial uh, condyle, um, be very suspicious of an ACL tear. So that's the, uh, the only thing that you may see uh, on plain x-ray. The definitive diagnosis study is uh, magnetic resonance imaging, or MRI. And you, you can certainly order this, um, and it's recommended to go ahead and order this if the suspicion is there for ACL uh, injury. So how are we going to manage uh, ACL tears? Well, kind of depends on what, what setting you're in. Uh, if you're in an urgent care, ER, primary care setting, uh, the initial management uh, uh, recommendation uh, coming from me and my experience is uh, you're going to treat the uh, acute injury just like any other acute sporting injury with um, relative rest, ice, compression, elevation, and uh, pain control measures, non-opioid pain control measures, either with NSAIDs if indicated or uh, not contraindicated, and uh, acetaminophen. Uh, you want to uh, stabilize the knee, um, preferably not in a knee immobilizer if the option uh, is available to not do so. Uh, you don't want to use a uh, neoprene sleeve or a neoprene small hinge knee brace. You want to use something that has... Uh, longer lever arms such as a uh, telescoping uh, hinge knee brace that um, the range of motion can be set and altered uh, and then crutches uh, as necessary some people uh, surprisingly may be able to ambulate um, fairly well and not require crutches but others may not so crutches if needed so that's the initial management now what is going to be the definitive management well 
Uh, the anterocruciate ligament is crucial for anyone that participates in uh, sporting activity. So young, active people, in almost all cases, it's recommended to proceed with a um, uh, elective surgical reconstruction of the ACL. And again, I'm just covering the basics. So I'm not going to get too much into uh, anterior ligament or anterior cruciate ligament reconstruction, but uh, there's several different grafts available. Um, most common being uh, patellar tendon graft and um, hamstring grafts, but uh, there are others, uh, including allografts. And uh, the uh, ACL reconstruction is uh, fairly common. It's um, it requires a long recovery with uh, intensive physical therapy. And in most cases, return to sport uh, doesn't take place, or it's not recommended to take place at least, uh, from nine months to a year after the reconstruction. Uh, can ACL tears be treated conservatively? Absolutely, they can uh, in the right person. Uh, and what I mean by that, at least in my experience and practice, is someone that uh, does not uh, require um, a lot of sudden stopping and uh, changing of direction. So you know, if you've got someone that just has a normal nine to five job that maybe uh, tore their ACL, you know, skiing for the first time in 10 years and doesn't plan on skiing again, uh, that may be a patient that could get by uh, conservatively uh, in, with treatment, including uh, intensive physical therapy and potentially a uh, an ACL specific brace um, for any activity they may participate in. Uh, but I generally don't recommend um, conservative management in young, very active people. So that uh, pretty much concludes my uh, basic overview of the anterior cruciate ligament. Um, so now I want to get a little personal in that uh, I have had an ACL uh, tear and reconstruction, and that's actually what got me into um, what I am today. Uh, in high school, um, I was in my senior year playing baseball, and I was rounding third base, and my uh, third base coach initially waved me on uh, to try to score, and then uh, there was a good throw from the outfield, and he suddenly changed his mind, and he wanted me to stop. So, uh, of course, I slammed on brakes, planted my right foot, and as I mentioned before, the typical mechanism is a, a sudden stop and change in direction. Uh, so I suddenly stopped, planted my right foot, and turned to try to get back to third base, and as I did it, um, I felt a uh, excruciating pop in my knee, and fell to the ground, and of course I got tagged out, but but uh, I didn't care at that point. Um, so being a high school student, baseball player, and didn't know anything about human anatomy really, or at least ligamentous anatomy, I had no idea what had taken place. Um, I went to the local emergency department where we were, and I got placed in a knee immobilizer, and... That was about it. That's all I remember. I'm pretty sure they gave me some crutches as well. But later on, I went to the orthopedist uh, a week or so later and had an MRI and was diagnosed with an ACL tear. I can't recall if I had a meniscus tear at, at uh, the onset or not. Um, 
but being my senior year in high school, I really did not want to miss my senior year of baseball. And by the way, the injury occurred uh, my first game in the fall season. So uh, that would have been October-ish, maybe late September. Actually, I think it was um, later in September. But uh, so I I wanted to try to rehab it and get an ACL brace and, and try to play my regular season of my senior year. Um, and being a silly 16-year-old kid, I didn't really think of any long-term consequences. So when my knees started feeling better, I started doing my thing again. Um, so I would you know, play baseball. I would play pickup basketball with my friends. And on at least two occasions, I remember jumping up, playing basketball, and coming down and feeling my, my knee shift, almost pop out of place and pop back in. And each time that happened, uh, my knee would swell up real big, become more painful. Uh, and then, you know, over a couple of weeks' time, that swelling would settle down, the pain would settle down. Um, and then I got into the the um, regular season of my baseball um, season. And uh, yeah, my knee was more painful. Uh, I was a catcher, and every time I tried to squat, and, uh, you know, I kept having these shifting episodes. And finally about, uh, I would, it was into, um, the Easter break. Um, I, I finally decided that I couldn't take it anymore and decided to have surgery. And at the time of surgery, um, or after the surgery, I, I found out that, um, those shifting episodes that I had had repeatedly because of my stupidity, um, caused further damage. I, I had a meniscus tear as well, and approximately 50% of my meniscus had to be removed, and uh, had a fair amount of chondral damage, so the, the articular cartilage was damaged, and there's no fix for that. And I'm paying the price for that uh, at 43 years of age uh, with an arthritic knee. Um, but uh, the ACL was reconstructed using a patellar tendon, uh, bone, bone patellar tendon bone graft, And I went through uh, intensive physical therapy for a year. And uh, I did return uh, to play, um, you know, more recreational um, baseball and then, you know, softball and soccer. So it served me well. Um, So moral of the story is um, you got to be careful about um, who you treat uh, conservatively. And it's generally not young active people um, that really would be better served uh, with surgical reconstruction. Um, But uh, the other thing that uh, tearing my own ACL did was it introduced me to physical therapy and athletic training, which is what my undergrad major was in. And uh, then that led me into uh, physician assistant studies and orthopedics. And, you know, again, that's kind of what led me to where I am today. All right. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's segment as much as I did doing it. I trust that you'll find today's podcast useful in advancing your musculoskeletal knowledge, and I look forward to having you join me for the next segment of the Musculoskeletal Minute. You can find out more on our website, www.basicsofortho.com. Please visit and become a member of the community. Find, like, and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Have a great day.